This is Iron Sports 95.9, 106.9, and we're honored to have a former Dolphin who played eight years, I think, for the Dolphins, uh, Greg Beatty. Thanks a lot, Greg, for coming on Iron Sports. Thank you. I, I, the real thing, I, I played five and a half with the Dolphins, and I spent two with the Patriots, and then I bounced around for a year and a half. So I know what it's like to, to bounce around from team to team, and you know, I spent uh, in a year and a half, I was on seven different teams, so... That's that's the least favorite part of the game. The fun part is the Dolphins and the Patriots and, and you know, actually playing and, and contributing. Well, I mean, I think I guess the fun aspect of it is you played during the Dolphins in some in those glory years for Don Shula, for Dan, you know, catching passes from Dan Marino. I mean, that must have been awesome to to be involved with teams like that. It was. Um, we had a we had a, a wonderful team and, and we came up just short a couple times uh, in the playoffs. But. Um, you know, I, I did play, I think, in all five seasons. We went to the playoffs, uh, I believe. No, one year we did not. So, uh, you know, in five seasons, we went to the playoffs four out of five years. Uh, we came up short in the uh, AFC Championship game one time against the Bills. That was at the same time. We had a wonderful rivalry with the Bills. But that season, we, we actually had the AFC Championship game at our place at home. And... I'm a big believer in, in momentum. Uh, that game, we were down, I think, uh, 21-0 three minutes into the game because of just fluke plays and different things. And it was like, wait a second, we worked all season, all off season, to set ourselves up for this Super Bowl run, and we have the AFC, AFC Championship game at our house. I truly, honestly, in my heart of hearts, believe we were better than Buffalo. Uh, and uh, things just some breaks go badly, and and, uh, and and you lose, and you don't go to the you don't go to the big big dance. Yeah, I mean that was one. I mean we talk about you know all these rankings of quarterbacks and Brady with his seven rings, and you're talking about Rodgers, and I think that comes back to Marino. I mean certainly it's held against him in terms of his inability to you know be the Super Bowl the one time not winning the Super Bowl. And but he played well in the playoffs. It wasn't like you know just a lot of things went wrong, but it wasn't like he just choked and somehow he was terrible in the playoffs. I mean he really it was just one of those weird things where the Dolphins couldn't get back there, and you expected boy with Marino at quarterback they were going to have three or four Super Bowl titles possibly. Yeah, I I wish I wish I could put my finger on it. Uh, again, I think that um, I, I think being a, a good football team, there, there's very little that separates uh, one team from another. And and I I also like to I, I hearken back to my college days. And you know when you play college football and you're you're an NFL kind of quality player, um, if you have 11 games, when you line up against somebody across from you. Nine out of 11, the guy you line, are lining up against to battle against personally, you, your senior year, you know you're better than that guy, right? I mean, you're, 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 you're just at a different level. When you get into the NFL, you could play a team that's 0-17, but that guy that lines up against you across the way is getting paid to play, and, and there's very little difference that separates, and I think it's organization, it's leadership, obviously those things, but there's very little amongst the players that really separates 0-17 and 17-0. And, and and so when you get into the playoffs, it's a matter of things bouncing the right way, the right thing happening. Uh, you know, this last playoff season was just amazing. Uh, the championship weekend, not the AFC championship, the NFC, but the week, weekend before that, every game came down to the final play of the game. And that that's amazing. And that shows just how 
razor thin the margin is and how a ball bouncing one way or another can uh, can dictate your how how people perceive you, how people perceive Dan Marino in, in, in perpetuity. Did did it feel like I mean did Marino put pressure as a, as a time went on? Was it like we got to get to the Super Bowl? I mean, did you feel from a organizational standpoint it just became a burden almost? As somebody said, you know, the Bills talk about it. You know, they went to the Super Bowl four times, and by the fourth time it was it was this you know this weight on their back. And you heard Steve Young used to talk. You know, he said I got the monkey off my back, and you know that one comment that he said. Is it? Did you feel that burden because you had this great quarterback, and or is it just like you know, look, we're going against great teams, we're playing the playoffs. That's what we're trying to do. You know, I don't think so. I I, I retired before Dan retired, so I, maybe there was some pressure those last couple of years in his in his career. But um, I I didn't feel that way because we always felt, and maybe it was just having a great quarterback, uh, you know, as your as your leader. We always felt that we were as good as anybody else, and 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 could could go. Uh, so it, I don't I don't know that there was any pressure because we we always went into the season thinking, okay, this is this is the season, this is when we're going to do it. And I I think there was just a, a hidden or you know unknown confidence in us that that we were going to do it. And for whatever reason, um, you know things things didn't go our way, and and. Uh, and so we didn't go to the, but I, I never felt that pressure going into the season that, oh my gosh, Dan's getting old. We got to do it this year. Never, never felt that way. Always felt that we had a chance and always felt as the season went on that we had, uh, that we were building and, and thought that we would get there to the Super Bowl and, and possibly win it. And you played with Mark Duper, Mark Clayton. I mean, that was like, as someone who's growing up, I mean, that was the glory days of the quarterback wide receivers and, and all that. And it was so much exciting to watch and, and so innovative in terms of offensive. And, you know, you were part of that offense. That must have been fun to be with such talented players surrounded by so many talented players. It was. It was, it was great. And I, I just actually bumped into Mark Duper on the golf course. Um, and I walked up. Somebody said, oh, you they knew that I was a former Dolphin player, and they said, oh, Mark Duper's just up there. He's teeing off. And I hadn't seen Mark Duper in more than 10 years. And uh, so I walked up and said, hey, old man, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to be on this course. You know? <laughs> and he's like, who's that? Who is that? And then he, then he saw it, and you know, we hugged and so forth. So, look, I, I, I reflect back on my, on my time in the NFL, and I, I was fortunate enough to play with a bunch of great players. I I, uh, you know, played with four Hall of Fame quarterbacks, including John Elway in, in college uh, at Stanford. And, and so played with Joe Montana and Steve Young and Dan Marino. And, and so, you know, I reflect on those times and it's just, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a pretty amazing to, to look back and see all my teammates and know just uh, how fortunate I was to be in the position to, uh, to try to help them win football games. And what was it like, you know, back when you played in the 80s and early 90s, I mean, there wasn't the, the certainly the heat and the, you know, the, these teams came later and the Marlins and whatever. The Dolphins were the team in town. They were, I mean, they still have the love. I mean, if you ask anybody in Miami who owns this town, it's clearly, you know, in all of South Florida, it's the Dolphins and, and all throughout the country, really. It, it must have been, that must have been experience of being, you know, the only pro team really in town and, and what people were going to and watching. It was. It was fun. I, I mean, I, I know my my wife uh, grew up here in South Florida, and she was grown. She she was raised on the Dolphins, uh, but her father was a big fan. Uh, he grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, so 
he was a fan of the Celtics and he was a fan of the Red Sox. So she grew up as a fan of the Dolphins, but also uh, loves those Boston teams. So um, you're right. It was uh, it was great to be the only the only game in town. Um, I can tell you though that when we played the Jets and everything, there there were a lot of Jets fans in the a lot of New York fans. There are a lot of transplants from New York down here in Miami. So I, I think they they like the Dolphins. Uh, seven, 16 out of or 15 out of 16 weeks of the year as it was back then, but uh, we certainly, there were certainly some some loud loud New York fans when when we played at home. That must have been going back to your college days. That must have been so cool to be playing. So you played with Elway. How many players do you think ever played with Elway and Marino? But were you there for the Stanford band play when that happened? Was that were you on the team at that time for the one of the most if people don't remember? Go Google Stanford band play. It is clearly the greatest college bas college football play in the history of college football. But were you there at Stanford for that play? See, see you know, you bring up my worst memory of my entire football playing career by bringing up that play. You call it a great play. I call it the worst play in the history of college football. Uh, yes, I was there. I was a freshman. Uh, I played in that game. Um, and, you know, you look back on it and there were, if, if that, if that play had happened with instant replay, there were five different violations or penalties created by Cal on that play that would have disallowed the play. Um, you know, and including, you know, two forward laterals, guys down on his knee when he, when he laterals the ball, uh, guys running in, a guy ran in from the sideline after the play began. Uh, I mean, there were a number of things and, and ironically, I mean, we all, I mean, I was sitting there watching and the, the refs, we thought, I mean, our team stopped playing because they blew the whistle and so they stopped because you don't want to get a 15 yard penalty for tackling or a guy after the whistle blows and you can see on the replays, the official running to a spot where the guy was on his knee waving his arms. And then when the play was over, they, all the Cal fans ran down, they circled the, the, the officials and the official raised his hands as a touchdown. So that's how I view it. I'm sure Cal people view it completely differently. Yeah. And people should, you know, as they Google the play, it was hilarious that the Stanford band was actually on the field. <laughs> Kyle was returning it, and then he, the person, the player that returned the punt, uh, he he went and took the ball and put it into the tuba players. <laughs> tuba, so yeah, it's just yeah. he, the, he landed on the trombone player and uh, jumped into the end zone. Yeah, trombone. I, I, not, I do, I do remember that. Trombone, not tuba. So what about yeah. today's games? You played when, I mean, the the game of football, and I think yesterday was, you know, we, we'd talk about the Pro Bowl, and I mentioned if you'd watched it, and it doesn't get good ratings because it was like there was no tackling. It was a two-and-a-half-hour football game, and I don't think anyone ever hit the ground the entire game, and they're not playing flag football or even two-hand touch. It was a weird type of game. But, you know, the game has been criticized that, you know, for a number of reasons it's getting softer, but you definitely played in the time when it was known to be, you know, with the Raiders and the Steelers, and those were were those, you know, were really tough. What do you think about how the game has changed over the years and, and how they're playing today? Well, I know I'm going to come across as that typical old guy, and I like to think that I'm not old. But, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I just, I don't, I think it's gone soft. I really do. I, I think it's gone soft. I, I don't like some of the rule changes. I, I don't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't even, some of it doesn't even resemble football anymore. There are such advantages for the offense. You know, you talked about Marino and the crazy talent we had, and I, I can't—I can't even imagine 
what what he would do in this kind of uh, in this kind of league when receivers can't get hit, uh, quarterbacks can't get hit, quarterbacks can throw the ball. I mean, the the dumbest rule I've ever seen is allowing a quarterback to leave the pocket and then they can just throw it anywhere and it's not grounding. They don't have to throw it anywhere near a receiver as long as they're out of the pocket. I just, to me, that doesn't make sense. Um, to me, quarterbacks should be able to be hit just like everybody else can. Um, I also don't, I really don't like the, the uh, blindside block. I mean, you know, one of the first things you learn when you play football is, when there's a sudden change of direction, get your head on a swivel so you don't get blown up. But now you can't even that, – that, they took that out. They, they horse collar. I, in my years, I've never seen somebody get hurt being tackled from behind in a horse collar, but somehow they think that's an illegal, extremely dangerous play. Uh, just don't get run down from behind and you, you'll be fine. So, I, you know, I – it's 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 sad, and I know why they're doing it because of the potential head trauma and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, I, I played a long time in the NFL. I played, I started playing football when I was eight years old, and in all that time, I never had a concussion. Um, I, I don't believe I ever had a concussion. I actually went to uh, the doctors just to try to get a baseline. You know, with the whole uh, head trauma, um, you know, NFL lawsuit and so forth and and i went in to see the doctor and i went in and i i said look i'm, I'm here just to get a baseline because i i want to know if i've ever had anything or whatever but i don't think i ever did and they said that i was the first player that actually came in to say trying to talk them into the fact that i've never had anything and i don't want any money <laughs> um so yeah look it's it's just a it's a different game it's it's a different it's like watching it's like watching the, the in basketball, watching the Warriors these days, passing the ball around, shooting threes, and and then trying to extrapolate how they would play against the Detroit Pistons of, of the bad boy era. And, you know, if you ask me, I, I like the Detroit Pistons and that stuff a lot better. And if you ask me, the one thing I would do to change, to, to, to fix the game of basketball, although people would argue that it doesn't need to be fixed, I'd get rid of the three-point shot because it's become a, uh, you know, a throw it up from three and, and who cares about whether you have a big guy that can battle inside. So anyway, I'm, I'm old school and uh, I would prefer to have it. Um, I would prefer to have more hitting. I would prefer to have more contact. I would prefer to have uh, receivers have to be tough across the middle and, and get hit as they're catching the ball if their quarterback leads them into it. You know, that's there's a there's a very close bond between a quarterback and and his receivers and tight ends because you, you're counting on that quarterback not to lead you into damage, and now it doesn't matter because they can't really hit the guy. So it's it's a different game. It really is. Well, you know, today this is the enforcer type show. I know you were known as being a really tough player, and we have Charles Oakley coming on later in the show, of, who wrote the book called "The Last Enforcer," as you know from the New York Knicks. So it was, it's great that that's two very. I'm glad they're both on on the phone and not in the studio right now. But so, what yeah. what's your thinking about this game? We got the Super Bowl coming up uh, at the end of the week, and uh, two teams that you know, the Rams and the Bengals, uh, both four seed, both had ups and downs this year, uh, both have explosive offenses what's your thinking about going to this game i know you've watched them both and and what's your sort of prediction and how do you think the game's going to shape up you know i it, it's I, I think like everybody else I, I think you look at the talent that they have at the rams 
and, and it's hard to picture how the Bengals are going to overcome that. Uh, but yet, you look at the you look at the same thing in the AFC Championship game, and you I don't think there were many people that were predicting the Cincinnati Bengals winning. Um, I, I think what I think when teams believe in themselves, when they believe in, in a leader, when they have a Joe Burrow, um, you know that kind of guy. Uh, I, I think they, they people play above their heads, and, and as I said, I mean the, the, the difference between talent, the difference between uh, being an All Pro and just being a, a regular guy is whether you're whether you're in the right spot that fits your skills, that you're, you're in the right place at the right time. I mean, one of the things I know about my NFL career is that there were a lot of people uh, that never played in the NFL, a lot of tight ends that were probably better than me physically, talented wise. Uh, but there were a lot of guys that played in Pro Bowls year in, year out that I know I was probably better than them, you know, talent-wise, you know, but you have to be in the right place. And I didn't mean, I, I hope that doesn't sound cocky. I don't mean it to sound that way. I mean, things. there are very few players in the NFL that are truly head and shoulders just better at their position than anybody else and that they would be better if they were on any of the 32 teams. Um, so, you know, I look at this game and I say, you know, I say the Bengals have a shot because they believe in Burrow. Um, but, you know, I, if, if, if I were a betting man and I'm not, I don't, I don't, I would never bet on NFL football games. Uh, but I would say the Rams are, look like they have a, have a good opportunity to be Super Bowl champs. <laughs> well, we'll be all watching that game. I'm going to be out in LA, maybe, maybe going to the game, but, uh, uh, Greg, I really appreciate you coming on Iron Sports and talking about the Dolphins, talking about the NFL, Stanford, all those plays. You had a great, you had a, you had a very fulfilling uh, football career. So it was all I met you, and it was just so cool that you could come on the show and talk about that, especially a few days before the Super Bowl. Well, thank you, Ira. I, I, anytime, I appreciate it. I really enjoyed meeting you at the Orange Bowl, and I uh, hope that our paths cross again. <laughs>